Let's open with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you in um, reverence for what you have done and what you have accomplished. We thank you, Lord, for your great salvation that you have brought to us. We thank you, Lord, for the benefits of that salvation which you have um, guaranteed for us, that we would be adopted into newness of life with you, that we have an inheritance uh, that is um, that is sealed uh, by a Holy Spirit of promise. Lord, we thank you for your promises, and we thank you, Lord, for the fellowship that we have in Christ with other believers and with the church that you are the head of, that you are the foundation of. Lord, we thank you for being a firm foundation that is um, with us and present with us despite our circumstances. Lord, I pray that you would bless our day today uh, in Christ, our fellowship in this service. I pray that the word of that is spoken and preached uh, would be an amplification of your glory. In your name I pray, amen. Well, our topic today is God's, God as Deliverer. Um, it's an easy topic, um, hard to condense. But it says in Ephesians chapter 2, as we've been looking through that book in our fellowship groups, it's just a, a jewel. Um, the book of Ephesians is just a massive treatise of teaching and theology and of communion. Uh, with one another and communion with God as we study. It says in chapter 2, starting with verse 5, even when we were dead in our transgressions, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. What a blessing to understand God as an ultimate deliverer. There was no hope to secure salvation. The cancer within us was terminal. And our days, the psalmist says, are like a mere breath and a passing shadow. Death is such an alone feeling. And despair is so much a solitary reality. What a difference that God has made us alive together with Christ. He seats us with him in heavenly places. He shows us the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us. The solution to this death is not just eternal living, but a together living with Christ. It is ultimately a location living in a heavenly place where the riches of his grace and kindness exist eternally. It's also a deliverance of indwelling relationship. The Lord is near. What a deliverance. The New American Standard uses surpassing to explain the riches of the deliverance through grace and kindness. Surpassing can be translated as incomparable. This is to say far exceeding any possible explanation. There is nothing that is comparable to his deliverance. This word, incomparable, is used four other times in the passages of the New Testament. In 2 Corinthians 3.10, it says, For indeed, 
what had been glorious in this case has no glory because of the glory that surpasses it. A surpassing, incomparable glory. Nothing that we could use as an explanation could provide a adequate word to describe it. And in their prayers in 2 Corinthians 9.14, and in their prayers on your behalf, they yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God bestowed on you. Incomparable grace. Ephesians 1.19, and what is incomparable greatness of his power available for us who believe according to the exercise of his mighty strength? Ephesians 3.19, And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Incomparable kindness, incomparable love, incomparable grace, incomparable power. The love of Christ is incomparable. It surpasses knowledge. God is the only true deliverer. He delivers as he sovereignly holds all power throughout all history. He delivers on his promises. We have a faithful record of patterns of deliverance. He delivered Noah and his family from the judgment of the flood. He delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. He delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the Babylonians so that he might deliver them from a fiery furnace. It is interesting that those of faith always trust his deliverance. We might be swept into earthly defeat, only to be more than conquerors through Christ. Consider Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they replied to the king. We are not in need of an answer to give you concerning this matter. If it be so, Our God, whom we serve, is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods nor worship the golden statue that you have set up. Certainly there is no deliverance there. God may justly punish us, that, we may ultimately, that he may ultimately deliver us. Daniel knew God as a result was not, and he was not swayed by the ramifications of God's just actions to the people, but trusted him in prayer and trusted him in a lion's den. When we read these accounts of justice and deliverance, we are drawn to the praise of his glorious name. For his actions are just as he exclaims, and they are powerful in word and deed. Psalm 144 is a psalm of David, most likely written under the circumstance associated with David's deliverance from Saul. David's response, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hand for war and my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield and in and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under, under, um, under himself. David acknowledges the Lord for who he is 
and then compares it with his own standing. Consider who David is and who we are. He says in verse 3, O Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him, or the son of man that you think of him? That you think of him. Man is like a, beer, a mere breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains that they may smoke. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Send out your arrows and confuse them. Stretch forth your hand on high. Rescue me and deliver me out of great waters, out of the hand of aliens, whose mouths speak deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. David's response is with praise. I sing a new song to you, O God, upon a harp of ten strings. I will sing praises to you who gives salvation to kings, who rescues David, his servant, from the evil sword. He prays for deliverance and for supplication. There is no other deliverer. Satan deceives and can never be trusted. David says, rescue me and deliver me out of the hand of aliens whose mouth speaks deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. A falsehood is never a deliverer. David prays for future deliverance. Let our, let our sons in your youth be as grown-up plants and our daughters as, a, as corner pillars fashioned for a palace. Let our garners be full, furnishing every kind of produce, and our flocks bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. Let our cattle bear without mishap and without loss. Let there be an outcry in our streets. The results of trusting God's deliverance, David describes in verse 15 of this great psalm, how blessed are the people who are so situated. How blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. The CSB version says, happy are the people with such blessings. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Blessed are you if you are so situated with such blessing. The result of a believer's deliverance is not just eternal living, but a together living with Christ. It is ultimately a location living in a heavenly place where the riches of grace and kindness exist eternally. What a deliverance we have. We should be praising God and being thankful to him every day of the week for his deliverance to us. Let us consider the nature of our deliverer as we praise him for such blessings. Let us be thankful not just during Thanksgiving, but perpetually as we will be thankful eternally.